Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Today, I want to present our guest, who is a Bay Area native and UC Berkeley alum. He was also a former EOPS student, like many of our current EOPS students joining us today. Our guest is the CEO and founder of Aspira Consulting. The goal of Aspira Consulting is to empower you so opportunities can come to you. He's also the recipient of several awards recognizing his leadership and community work, including La Familia Award from the Hispanic Foundation of Silicon Valley, the NFL Hispanic Heritage Award from the San Francisco 49ers, and most recently, the Community Heroes Award from Assemblymember Kenson Chu. Please help me in welcoming Oscar Garcia. All right. Thank you, Emily and <laughs> yes. uh, Elsa. Thank you very much too, as well, because I know you were the uh, the uh, the one that made the introduction, the connection. I appreciate it. Go Bears uh, too, as well. Elsa is also a Calvary. <laughs> but um, folks, so uh, let me actually share my screen here, so we can be all squared away. There we go. Okay. So uh, everyone, uh, uh, today I'm going to be talking about uh, giving you some career tips, more specifically uh, professional uh, brand, uh, how to create a professional brand, some LinkedIn tips, and also some networking tips. And um, one of the things that I, I this is going to be interactive. Uh, I do have an exercise uh, in a little bit that I'm going to ask, uh, I'll ask all of you to, to do it, and then I'll ask for one or two volunteers. But um, the other thing too is um, I know some of you might have some technical challenges or reasons why you can't have your camera on, but um, but barring that, turn your camera on, make this interactive folks. I mean, imagine that I was doing this live in person. I mean, obviously I certainly wouldn't have, you know, covered my face and you weren't either, so we wouldn't see each other. That'd be kind of odd, right? If we were in person. Um, but the other thing too, it, is if you are concerned about like, oh my gosh, Oscar, but my hair is messy. I just literally rolled out of bed. Can I tell you something? I'm losing hair, so don't worry about that. Or maybe if you're like, but my room is messy, Oscar. Well, I'm also going to tell you something. I've been vacuuming my living room in a month. So we're even there too as well. So again, you know, if, if, if possible, turn your camera on. Let's make this fun and interactive, all right? Uh, again, last thing is... Feel free to submit your questions via the chat and then uh, Emily can uh, um, monitor it because I'm not that good at multitasking. Okay, so she can monitor it. I will take care it. of it. Yeah, and she can uh, ask you the, the, the questions here throughout uh, the talk. Um, Emily is right. I uh, was an EOPS student. I remember in high school, especially my senior year, and I got to tell you, if it wasn't for EOPS, there's another program, MESA, Mathematic Engineering Science Achievement, uh, that targeted uh, working with minority students or low-income students. I don't know if I would have stayed on track to gone off to college and et cetera and so forth. Uh, so, you know, thank you very much to EOPS program and for what 
you do and the effort that you put into it. Uh, before I get started, I want to share with you a little bit about my career journey uh, so that, again, you have a better understanding of the tips that I'm going to share with you, why I give you the recommendations uh, that, I, that I'm going to give you. First off, uh, believe it or not, I've actually transitioned careers 11 times. 11 times. That's a lot. I've been out in the world. I graduated from UC Berkeley back in 92. Okay. Long time ago. So almost every two and a half, three years on average, I've transitioned careers. Um, so I've gotten really good. Okay. Uh, at transitioning. But the thing is that the most I've ever been out of a job has been six weeks. The reason is because I learned early on how to network. And so that's networking is one of the keys to really finding your next opportunity, contrary to what most people do uh, apply online. Um, I've also been hired with no experience. One of the challenges that I hear from young professionals such as yourself or just people that may be transitioning careers is like, Oscar, you know what? Like, but I don't have any experience. Like, how can I compete with someone? Well, I worked in the tech industry for startups for 12 years and I decided that I got tired of the constant, you know, layoffs and stuff like that. And a good friend of mine um, was on the board of the local chamber of commerce and he said, Oscar, we're looking for a chamber CEO. I think you would be great. And I was like, Maurice, like, what the heck does a chamber of commerce do? Anyways, he convinced me to go ahead and apply with zero experience. My competition had 25 years of chamber experience. She was the interim chamber CEO and the board loved her. Like, what are my odds, right, of getting hired? I have a better chance of winning the lottery this Saturday, okay, than have gotten uh, hired. And I got hired, right? Also, I've been in situations where a company created a position for me. Um, I've worked at LinkedIn. After, uh, for one year, I did a, a consulting uh, gig at LinkedIn after I left the chamber and they created that position for me. Like who doesn't want to be in a, in a situation where a company creates an opportunity and then says, hey, Oscar, we got this opportunity for you. Do you want it? I'm like, sign me up, right? Like I want free food. And then again, being in that position where employers have recruited me, okay? we that's ultimately honestly folks like that's where we want to be where employers know us people know us our network and they're like oscar you would be great for this opportunity okay now some of you might be wondering well good for you oscar bravo you know yeah you know that you've had the success well i'm going to tell you about some of the challenges some of the obstacles that i've had to overcome first of all believe it or not English is my second language, ESL kid. Yep. Now, granted, I learned how to speak English second half of kindergarten, okay, when I was a little kid. But up until like third grade, when I stopped going to ESL classes because I was embarrassed because the ESL teacher would come to the classroom and sure enough, I'm the only one of all my classmates getting up and going over there, learning how to, you know, pronounce words and all that type of stuff, okay? Also, EOPS, I told you. So, I was on the free and reduced lunch program. My dad um, uh, uh, was a dishwasher. My mom worked in housekeeping, okay, low income, hated that, you know, eating, you know, unhealthy food, all the greasy foods while, you know, my white friends are over there having their McDonald's or, you know, whatever, you know, food it is. And here I am on the free and reduced lunch. When I went to Berkeley, I had good grades in high school in English. And then all of a sudden I go to Berkeley and they're like, Oscar, your English writing is horrible. You need to be in some bonehead remedial English class. I'm like, what? 
Like, did someone just lie to me for like four years? Because why, if I'm getting A's, if I got A's in high school, why do I have to be in this remedial English class? Well, sure enough, okay, talk about imposter syndrome. Also, my dad, first grade education, my mom, middle school, uh, eighth grade education, and they didn't speak English. I, the minute I learned how to speak English back in kindergarten, I became my parents' translator until they passed away almost five years ago. All right. So I couldn't even, not even in third grade, could I go to my mom or dad and be like, hey, can you help me with my multiplication or division tables? Like basic schooling. And then lastly, folks, and I know many of you don't believe this, but my natural personality is an introvert. Yes. What? What are you talking about, Oscar? Introvert? See, we have this misperception that anyone that does public speaking is an extrovert. That's not true. First of all, I believe you can teach an old dog new tricks. This dog right here is going to be 52 years old in March of next year. So you can change. All right. I didn't like the difference between me being an introvert and most other introverts is I didn't like being that way. I wanted to be like my friend Will Rivera in college. The dude, we took classes together. I mean, the professor would call him and Will would speak for like 10 minutes. No wonder he became the district attorney down in Southern California. Okay. That dude can like speak on his feet. Me? Tongue, you know, tongue tied, cotton mouth, all that type of stuff. But I began to change slowly, slowly, slowly. And so I share all this stuff, folks, because we all go through challenges in life. Challenges stink, but they can also be the fertilizer to our dreams. How we react to those challenges is our choice. I just chose to take these challenges and fertilize my next goal, my next dream and move forward. Okay, since I'm going to be talking first about branding, what, why is branding important? First of all, folks, this is a hard truth. This is not my statistics, okay? But according to the Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics, today's worker, okay, and obviously we're talking about someone that's a young professional, okay, you're going to have in your lifetime 10 to 15 jobs. Now, you might be one of those persons where, you know, you're like, no, I really love what I do. I'm not into switching jobs. That's fine. But can I tell you something? Oftentimes that's not under your control. It's like the pandemic today. Who would have figured that we would be into this recession because of a pandemic? And there are people, even in academia, I just read an article yesterday about the changes and massive changes and layoffs that are coming to academia because of lack of funding, enrollment, changes, you know, sports, you know, or no sport, all that type of stuff. So you're going to have 10 to 15 jobs and it's important that you have a strong brand. Next, even if you are fortunate to be in an industry at a company where, hey, you know, you can be there for 20, 30 years or whatever, you know what? Maybe at some point you want to grow in your career, take on new responsibilities and having that strong professional brand will help you in your career uh, trajectory. And then lastly, number three folks is, is that if you want to get hired, first of all, most people, when they apply uh, for a job, they go online. Do you realize that you have a 3% chance of getting an interview if you apply online? Think about that. Three percent. That means you have a 97 percent chance of not. Imagine if, you know, we were in Vegas and I'm like, hey, you have a three percent chance here, 97 percent chance, right? Of not like I don't think we would play that game. All right. We would go find something with the higher odds. Yet what do most people do? 
and keep applying online. However, if you are referred to an opportunity and that person who refers you is at a director level or higher, you have a 91% chance of getting hired. 91% chance versus 3%. Remember I told you about the chamber position? The board, if you think about it, the board member that referred me, the board is the boss of the chamber CEO. So that's the highest you can get. So in other words, I had a board member refer me, which is higher than a director. And look what ended up happening, okay? Having a strong brand helps you as well. Okay, let's talk about your professional brand. And like I told you, I have a little exercise here in a minute that I want us to uh, go through. But um, first, I'm gonna tell you, share with you some brand mistakes that many of us make. I don't care if you are 17, 18 years old, or you're an old fart like myself, almost 52, okay? Or in between. I'm gonna tell you some of the mistakes that people make. Number one, we focus on a job title. We assume we, we're striving for that VP, you know, director or whatever. And it's like, yes, that's what I want. Folks, I'm going to tell you a quick little story. When I, when I was at the chamber, yes, my role with president CEO, the minute I left the chamber, all of a sudden I didn't have that title anymore. And guess what? The love affair with chamber president CEO was gone. Don't get hung up on a title. Okay, folks, honestly, I could care less about what you call me. Number two, we tie our brand to the company that we're working for or that we're, you know, our dream job. A lot of people, a lot of tech people, okay, in Silicon Valley are enamored with the Googles, the Facebooks, the LinkedIn's, the Snapchat, Snapchat companies of the world, Airbnb, Uber, whatever. Those right now are the tech darlings. Do you realize that back in 92, in the mid-90s, Cisco, Intel, Silicon Graphics, Red Hat, those were the tech darling companies. And today, most people view those companies as the old fart companies. One day, mark my word, okay, people are going to look at Google, Facebook as the has-been companies. They're not, they're going to lose some of that shine. Here's another one. People focus on what school you go to. Listen, I am proud that I went to UC Berkeley. I really am, okay? I worked my butt off over there, okay, going. But can I tell you something? UC Berkeley didn't teach me life skills. You know who taught me life skills, folks? A dishwasher and someone that worked in housekeeping. My dad and my mom. And then here's the other one the opinion of others. What are people going to say? What if I major in this? You know, my mom or dad are not happy. You know, they want me to be a lawyer, but I, I want to be an artist or this and that. It was like, I majored in Chicano studies. And some people were like, Oscar, what are you going to do with that major? Are you going to be a professor? What? Like, no, dude, like, I just love history. Why can't I just major in something that I really enjoy, right? Like, I don't give a rip, you know, about it. And today, this Chicano studies major, like I said, worked in tech, co-founded a nonprofit, led a nonprofit, worked at LinkedIn, started his business. What am I going to do with a Chicano Studies degree? I'm going to give you hope. And here's the last one. Oh my gosh, this is a huge one. Fear of failure. What if I picked the wrong major? What if I picked the wrong job? Can I tell you something, folks? That's going to happen. That is going to happen. One of the things that I advise people to do is, first of all, like challenges are going to happen. Some of us, especially in this group, we've been through so many challenges. We're like used to it. We like have scabs now. Okay. Like can't hurt me anymore. All right. And it's like, take 
those lessons that you've learned from some of your failures and use them to move you forward. So again, these are some of the, 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 the brand mistakes that we sometimes uh, make. All right, let's talk about your professional brand, okay? I like to keep things super simple, okay? Super simple, because that's how my brain works, all right? So our brand is made up of four main things. Number one, it is our image, both in person, if we were seeing each other in person, like right now, you know, I can see some of you via video or online. Part of the reason why I asked who is for you to turn your camera on is again, first impressions, right? Like you can see me, right? Uh, et and you're forming an impression of me. Also, what we find about people online as well influences our opinion of them. <clears throat> now, occasionally, I may get some people that are like, well, Oscar, I'm like super private, you know, that's why I don't have, I'm not on social media, I'm, I don't do this and that and so forth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, Ralph, let me give you a clue here, okay? As private as you are, there are websites out there where I can type in your name and it will tell me where you live, where you've lived in the last 20 years and who you've lived with. And you didn't even put that information out there. It's public information. What do I mean? What I mean is from your brand standpoint is get ahead of it and put content information at the forefront and whatever you don't want people to see or whatever, let it go on page 13 on Google search because no one ever goes to those pages. Number two, your mission. This is just a very fancy corporate way of saying your why. Why do you do what you do? And I'm gonna get into it here uh, in a minute, all right? Number three, your values. What, what are your personal values? And also understand the values of a company that you are interviewing uh, for folks, okay? Think about that, all right? because that is very, very uh, important in terms of uh, being happy in the interview process, et cetera, and so forth, all right? And then lastly, your vision. Where are you going, all right? Now, for those of you especially with, that have very little to no work experience or maybe you're transitioning careers, selling your vision, it is critical. Selling your vision is critical. Okay. Here we are, we're gonna get into what I mentioned in terms of your why uh, statement here. I'm gonna help you, give you some tips on how to craft that. But first of all is, is that what I want to um, share with you is that when I was uh, uh, running the, the chamber, uh, this is how I would answer people ask me like, hey, Oscar, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm the president and CEO of the Mountain View Chamber of Commerce. We support and advocate on behalf of our members to create a more robust business community. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? robust business community? Like, what are you supposed to do? Get on your knees and be like, oh, thank you, Oscar. If it wasn't for you, you know, the chamber wouldn't be where it is. Like, baloney, right? Like, that's nonsense. What I recommend that you do, when you get a chance, listen to it. You don't even have to watch it. Go on YouTube and listen <clears throat> to Simon Sinek's TEDx talk called Golden Circle. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in that TEDx talk, he, he compares companies like Apple, IBM, Dell, I would even include Samsung. And he says that the Apple, or the, excuse me, the IBMs and the Dells of the world, when they come out with a new product, they always talk about the what or the how. Now, um, uh, Apple, when they come out with their new product, like the iPhone or whatever, they always lead with the why, with the experience. And yes, you can get information on the how or the what, all right? Now, what does that have to do in terms of like, our career and et cetera and so forth. This is what it means. Okay. So think about this. Okay, folks, 
is, is that like, when someone asks you like, what do you do or what do you major, right? This is how we typically answer like, oh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm an auto mechanic. Can I tell you something? How does that, this answer differentiate yourself from all the other auto mechanics? It doesn't, it doesn't. What if instead you answer like this? Hey, what do you do? I make sure your car is healthy and safe. I, I mean, I'm not saying this is the best answer, but this answer is certainly way better because it's like, yeah, of course. Who doesn't want to be in a safe car? Who doesn't want the car to be running, you know, smoothly and everything, right? Like all of us do. Here's another one, right? You know anyone that's a network engineer? Like, hey, what do you do? You know, oh, I'm a network engineer. Okay, what if instead you answered it like this? I make sure you can access your computer information 24-7. See, like, who doesn't want to, again, have access to their information when you boot it up, right? This is my why, okay? I empower you so opportunities come to you. I was at an event now probably almost three years ago, standing room only, and I felt someone standing behind me. I turned around. It was a dean of workforce development for one of the local community colleges. We had not seen or spoken to each other in whatever, six, seven, eight months. And uh, he's like, oh, hey, Oscar, great to see you here. So what, what are you up to? And um, uh, because he works with students, I changed it up a little bit. And I said, I empower students so opportunities come to them. And he's like, what? How do you do that? And I went ahead and I told him and he said, do you have a business card? I said, sure. Gave him my business card. True story. Within five minutes, he gets on his cell phone, emails his executive assistant, copies me on the email and says to her, can you please schedule a meeting with Oscar? I want to talk to him about some opportunities with us. Folks, like as an introvert, that's what I want. I want opportunities to come to me. I don't want to be chasing opportunities. I don't want to be begging someone. Okay, so here's the exercise that I want you to, I don't care, grab a piece of paper, your laptop, or whatever it is that you have on your phone, okay? But what I want you to do is, I first of all, let me put you in the kind of the scenario. So the scenario is that I have career day for my eighth grade class. I'm an eighth grade teacher and I have career day virtually, obviously right now, okay? And I invite you to come on and tell my class about the work that you do. And you're talking to my class and one of the students raises her hand and asks you the question, you know, Emily, why do you do what you do? Emily, why do you do what you do? So that's the question that I want you to answer right now. Write it down, okay? Remember, you're talking to eighth graders, it's career day, and they ask you, why do you do what you do? I want you to take, it's 1228, we're going to take three minutes here, write down your answer. At 1231, I'm going to ask for a volunteer for you to share what you wrote. And I'm going to walk you through the steps of helping you create your why statement. Any questions, anyone? We have a question from the chat box. Um, and I think that maybe you've already answered some of this, but if you can answer some additional, um, give us an additional point what do you think made you stand out as a candidate without having experience or what if you don't have a career yeah so um what made me uh stand out one was building and nourishing relationships with uh who introduced me because <clears throat> i have a story we all have a story to tell uh and oftentimes those stories are are challenging to tell on a resume 
or in a cover letter, okay? But when you tell it in person, right? Like folks, I could have like, honestly, like think of it, think of like if I would have done this presentation, just written it out and sent you whatever, 30 pages for you to read, it wouldn't have been the same thing. But now you're getting my emotions, my craziness of talking with my hands and all that other stuff, you know, you got the picture behind me, you know, all that. I mean, it's just like, it's like being at a concert, right? You get the whole, the, the whole thing here. And so that is what being able to tell your story to someone, even though you don't have experience is a huge plus because it's your personality, your attitude, your willingness to learn some of these other soft skills that we have. Um, the fact that you don't, you say you don't have a career, that's not true, folks. That is not true. We all, listen, the minute you, you know, can I tell you something? I told you that I, was, I translated for my parents since the minute in kindergarten until they passed away five years ago. Do you realize that I became a professional translator at the age of five? It's not that I didn't have a career. I had a career. I had a lot. In fact, that's probably, I should put that on my LinkedIn profile. Professional translator since five years old. It's part of changing the narrative, folks, that we need to do here. What other question? Was there another question, uh, Emily? Um, we just have people, you know, definitely giving you some kudos, saying you're very inspirational and motivating. They love your energy. Um, and someone just saying you have to sell yourself, you know, uh, in today's world. Yes. And so people are saying it's about the, you know, how you word things as well. Yes. Big time, folks. All right. So do we, let, let, let me do this. I'm going to give you, because obviously I was answering, maybe you were listening to me. I'm going to give you two more minutes for this exercise here of your why. Okay. Write it down. There's no right or wrong answer. And then, like I said, uh, at 1233, I'll ask for one or two volunteers here and help you out. Okay. I think we already had someone, um, a volunteer type in the response. Okay, let me, cool. That's, uh, let me uh, uh, stop something here. Okay, uh, stop. Uh, cancel. Uh, oops, sorry. Let me uh, open it up here. Second, uh, how about, right? Because I'm going to write it down with what you write, folks. Give me one second here. I'll come back, share my screen. Okay. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to type what you wrote or what you said or whatever. So actually, if you wouldn't mind, um, whoever, you know, is volunteering, tell me your name and then just slowly read it to me and I'll, and I'll type it up uh, here. Okay. I don't know if they'll be able to unmute them. Hannah. I don't know if you're able to unmute yourself and give us your example. Hannah is a nurse from what I'm reading in the chat box and is currently wearing a mask. Oh, okay. So, okay. Tell me then, Emily, tell me, go ahead and read to me what, what you Okay. Wrote. So Hannah wrote, I work as a nurse to help okay. others feel oh, their- I'm not that quick of a typist. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I work, okay. Uh, I work as a nurse. To help others feel their best. Okay, that's what you wrote. They wrote like four sentences, but um, they wrote that I specialize in older. Uh, they wrote a lot, actually. Well, hey, read, read everything she, she wrote. Okay, I specialize with older ge ge Gary, 
geriatric population as I feel a sense of responsibility to owe it to older citizens who feel more, more vulnerable and helpless to feel safe. My speciality is rehabilitation, helping them feel as strong as they did before they were struggling with physical illness and debilitating mental illnesses. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. And, and I'm sorry, the person's name is, did you say Hannah? Hannah, I believe. Hannah, yeah. Hannah. Okay. Hannah, thank you very much uh, for sharing this. Uh, obviously, I didn't write the, the, the rest that, that you wrote because I actually love what you first said. Um, I work as a nurse to help others feel their best. So, folks, one of the things that I want you to think about, um, if you're not familiar with what an elevator pitch, some of you may uh, know, maybe others don't, but an elevator pitch is a quick, high level, um, maybe 20 second, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is why I do what I do. That's an elevator pitch. Now, the why statement is one piece of that elevator pitch. It is meant to create curiosity. It is meant to be kind of that hook, that kind of like, huh, tell me more. It is not meant to answer all, you know, everything here. So my recommendation, Hannah, is something that you can do to keep it, you know, concise is just drop the part that says, you know, I work as a nurse and say, I help others feel their best, period. Okay. Why do you do what you do? Because you help, you want to help other people. Uh, feel their best, which right now it begs a question then that it lets people kind of like, how does she do that? Like, how do you do that, Hanny? What do you mean? Remember the example that I shared with you when I was talking to the dean? Then he asked me, like, what do you mean? How do you do it? That's why it, this is that hook. I help others feel their best. <clears throat> now, the thing too with your why, uh, Hannah, is it has to come from like deep down inside, you know, if you say you're like, yes, you know, like with passion, with that energy, kind of like that love, you're like, yes, I love it. This, then, then that, then you're on the right track for having a very strong why statement. The other thing that I want to share with all of you is, and don't ask me why, because I'm not into all these statistics and numbers. Okay. But what I have found a trend is usually a strong why has about six to 11 words. I haven't even counted one two, three, four, five. Yeah, look, it's six right there. Six words. Okay. It's almost kind of like a tagline. All right. So think about that. Okay. Very good. We have one more. Can we do yes. one more, Oscar? Yes. So let, me, is... let me just give me okay. one second here. Let me just sure. uh, uh, duplicate this, this slide so I can write down uh, what they wrote. Okay. Hold on. Okay. And this next one is from an English tutor. So um, Andrea shared, I love being able to assist students with their reading and writing skills. Okay. Uh, there we go. Okay, and I'm sorry, the name is again, did you say Andrea? Andrea, yes. Andrea. Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. All right, so uh, here we go. I love being able to assist students with their reading and writing skills. What I like about this too, uh, Andrea, is that it is short, you know, concise, 
all right? I think we can shorten it even a little bit more. So, um, and also remember that your why statement is more about the other person that you are serving or, you know, if you were at a job interview, right? You do your homework, your research, and you're like, what is the value to that employer, you know, that you bring? So maybe one thing is, again, I assist their meeting and okay. So this bot bottom one, maybe that's what we say. I assist students with their reading and writing skills. Um, because again, think of, think about, think about this. The second one is very clear, a lot more clear in terms of it's about them, the students. Okay. Um, the, the fact that you love it, that's great, but that's, that's on, that falls under the personal reason why you do it. And remember what I mentioned earlier that in th this particular, why we're talking about it's what's in it for your client, your, the company, or those that you serve, not on a personal level, like for me on a personal level, you know, again, I love helping people dream bigger, inspiring them and serving them, but that's on a personal level. Most people don't care about that. They want to know what's in it for me. Okay. So, uh, and let's count this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine words. Okay. So again, massage it, uh, you know, think about it, you know, um, write it down, maybe throw it out there to some people, uh, and see what, what feedback you get. One thing, if you do reach out to people to get their uh, input, I actually would recommend that you reach out to people that are not like, don't reach out to other tutors. You want to reach out to students or whoever it is that you, you help, because that's who it's going to needs to resonate with. Sometimes those of us that are in the industry, we drink the Kool-Aid and like, ah, okay, yeah, it sounds good when it really doesn't. Okay. Anyways, folks, I hope this short exercise, I think it's critical, this why statement, because it really lays the foundation to everything that you do. Okay. What you post online, how you network, when people ask you the question, what do you do? Why do you want to do this? This is really the foundation. Okay. All right. Let's get going here. All right, let's talk about next uh, LinkedIn. Okay, I know many of us have heard about LinkedIn. Maybe some of us even have an account. Maybe some of us don't have an account on LinkedIn. We're like, yeah, I don't know what it really is. Let me give you the OG. Okay, I'm going to give you the OG, the Oscar Garcia version. All right, of what uh, of what LinkedIn uh, is about. First of all, I know these social media symbols are familiar. Some of you are probably right now multitasking, you know, making your TikTok video, Snapchatting while you're listening to me or whatever. Okay. Or maybe you already made a TikTok video of my presentation here. I don't know. All right. The thing is, is that most people use social media for social, for fun. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But social media is also a very powerful tool to help us build our brand okay and promote our brand and i'm going to talk about some of the ways that we can do it as it relates particularly to linkedin i want you to think of linkedin like a career journey blog now i think we all know what a blog is right so articles that you write okay maybe it's a like a journal online now think about this okay if you go to a blog and the last time it was updated was maybe six months ago or longer you're going to kind of wonder like, huh, you know what? I wonder how current this information is. It's like last year when I went to Panama for the first time, I was online, right? Watching videos, blogs, et cetera, reading about it. And I wanted current stuff. 
So that's what happens. Now we might give that blog a second chance and come back a week later or whatever and see if it's been updated. If it hasn't, we're probably gonna move on somewhere else. The reason why I say career journey is because like I mentioned earlier, I don't care what it is that you've been doing, but you have been doing stuff, even if you were working behind the camera at McDonald's, that's still part of your career journey. It's all how we say it, how we word it. So career journey, LinkedIn, you wanna keep, keep it current uh, and, and fluid. Okay, let's talk about optimizing your profile. I'm going to walk you through some of the basic stuff. First of all is make sure that you add a professional looking photo on there. Don't leave without a photo, uh, your profile without a photo and also smile on your picture. I know there's probably some of you are like, oh my gosh, Oscar, but I hate my smile. Count me in. I was one of those. Okay. I hated my smile. And then I go work at the chamber and it's all these events, ribbon cutting ceremonies, pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, God has a sense of humor. And so I actually started practicing my smile. I really did. Yeah, I know. My staff used to give me a hard time. They're like, Oscar, what are you doing? I'm like, shut up. Leave me alone. Okay, I'm practicing because one day I'm going to look back at these pictures. I'm going to hate myself the way I look. And today, hey, if we were in person, you want to take a picture with me? I'm good to go. All right. You come across friendly, people. Number two, right underneath your name, that rectangle box is what LinkedIn calls a headline. If you don't change it, the default is whatever your most current position is. Can I tell you something? Part of your brand is not being a barista. That's the job that you do. Okay. You want to start aligning your profile again to your brand. So if you want to be a network engineer, for example, on an accountant, you're probably going to want to go keywords. Okay. Skill sets that are re related to the position that you are interested in. Um, the other way that they, that, uh, ah, well, here, let me show you some examples here. So, on the left, okay, is a typical job title, sales associate, you know, at whatever, Target. And your headline, maybe you change it to providing customer satisfaction through compassionate service, okay? Or what if you were an intern at Google or whatever company? Maybe your headline on LinkedIn is assisting in the development of cutting edge technology. Or here's another one, you volunteer. Maybe you're a volunteer at the Boys uh, and Girls Club and your headline is building community through mentorship. You see, folks, how the again the wording on the right it's just it's just more meaningful, more impactful, and it's also kind of more professional than kind of the standard generic on the left. Okay, third, your about section. I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably going to be the hardest thing to write. It is challenging to write it about ourselves. It's challenging if we don't have any or very little experience or if we've been out in the workforce for a long time, right? Like, what do I say? How do I cut it back? But I'm going to give you some tips. Number one is I encourage you to write it um, like you're telling a, a, a personal career story. Imagine, not right now, okay, but imagine back then we were meeting in person at Starbucks. We're meeting for the first time and I'm like, so Allison, hey, tell me um, about your, what, what do you do? What have you been up to? And you start saying, well, you know, Oscar, I'm doing this right now. I got into this industry or, or this job because of this reason. I used to do this, et cetera. I mean, right, like we have this kind of casual conversation. That's what I mean about how to write it. Now, more specifically, there are some questions on the bottom right for you to answer. Number one is, who are you? By that, I mean, what are some of your personality traits? What are some of your personality traits? Number two, what do you do? That's again, your career journey. You want to take, if you have been out in the workforce for a long time, or uh, if you have, you know, what might be perceived as 
disjointed stuff. Like Oscar, I used to be a barista and then I volunteered here and then I worked over here in this industry, like kind of try to find that common thread too as well. And then lastly, the why that I mentioned earlier, what's your passion, what's your cause, what's your belief, put it in there. I'm gonna show you an example of how not to write it. Okay, folks, don't do it this way. This person, okay, says, educator, teacher, administrator, manager, consultant with experience in board governance, nonprofit, corporate, international business environment, like pause, pause. Obviously this person is super talented, okay? But they're horrible at marketing themselves. Like all they did was just put the, a laundry list uh, on their LinkedIn profile. And I think I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to put all the, the keywords in the profile so that the algorithm picks it up. But folks, remember that at the end, there's someone reading your profile, right? And this, imagine if we were at Starbucks and I'm, this is not his name, you know, but Paul, hey, so what do you do? And Paul starts like, oh, I'm an educator, teacher, administrator, manager. I don't know about you, but I'm like, this dude is weird. Next, beat it, Paul. Here, is an example here from Angelica. So Angelica, right off the bat, some of you, if you're having some challenges with your headline, what you can do is put, use the word aspiring and then whatever it is that you want to do. Aspiring teacher, aspiring childcare, you know, development, whatever. Okay. Until you kind of get it. It's better than just whatever the default is. So Angelica obviously wants to be a professor of ethnic studies. And she wrote, I'm a master's student in San Jose State who aspires to one day become a professor of ethnic studies. My goal as a future educator is to help create an engaging, creative, and strong educational foundation for future generations. My passion for education has been an ongoing cause that has led me to volunteer for organizations such as Mesa de la Comunidad and Aspira. By pursuing my passion for academia, I hope to expand my horizons and gain more insight into a world of limitless possibilities. Folks, you notice how it's very concise paragraph. She explains, she answers the questions that I mentioned earlier. But the other thing too, and the reason why I want to use her example with you is because she doesn't have any experience being a college professor. She wants to be, she is selling her vision. In this folks, selling your vision is one way that you who have no experience can, can win over someone that has experience and doesn't know how to sell their vision. Next, okay, on your uh, profile, uh, you also have uh, as well the, uh, uh, there's a section called featured section. LinkedIn, not that long ago, added the ability for us to elaborate uh, more here. Obviously, again, you have your about section there, um, your why statement that I mentioned earlier, but that feature section allows you to add examples of your work. Examples could be multimedia, PowerPoint, PDFs. It could be links to videos on YouTube, wherever, you know, Vimeo, whatever it is that you have them. You can also highlight posts that you shared. And this is a great example for you, again, to showcase your work. Now, some of you might be seeing like Oscar, uh, I don't have examples. Like I don't have videos like you speaking. Can I tell you something? Next time you go to work, just have one of your coworkers take a picture of you, you know, pouring coffee at Starbucks, pretending like you did. Why? I know that sounds kind of silly, but we are very visual creatures and it shows an example of you and your work environment. Next, education. I mean, obviously, you know, Chabot College or wherever it is that you're going to school. But one thing that I want to point out in this section is, is that you want to make sure that you, uh, if you uh, add any relevant courses or certificates that are related to the type of job or industry that you want to go in, uh, into. Your work experience, 
um, listen, unless you work for, again, the, the, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world, et cetera, write one or two sentences describing what the company does and then talk about your role. Okay. And I'm going to give you a tip, do a Google search for job descriptions of position that you currently have, or that you had in the past. Why? Because one is I'm not a professional HR person to create job descriptions. And so they do a very nice job of describing the role. And so I, assuming I've done some of that work, I can take some of that wording and add it here onto my profile. Also, I'm going to use relevant terminology for the longest time. I used to hear the word social entrepreneur, social entrepreneur. And I was like, what the heck is that? And then one day I looked it up. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Cause I used to refer to myself as co-founder and I'm like, I changed it. Social entrepreneur. It is tomorrow. They come up with a new word. I'll update it. I'm going to stay current. Lastly, again, examples of your work that you add here onto your profile skills and endorsements. Okay. I don't care if it's the first time you've done public speaking or whatever, you know, programming or whatever it is that you've done. Add it here. LinkedIn gives you the ability to add up to 50 skills. Make sure that you rearrange so that the top five skills uh, that you have are at the top of your profile. Also be a giver, not a taker, meaning you reach out to people and you endorse them for their skills. And what happens, they get notified and usually they reciprocate back. Any volunteer work. Oftentimes employers view volunteer work just as important as regular work experience. So added uh, to your profile as well. If you are belong to any organization, EOPS or whatever, also add this uh, onto your profile as well. If you speak other languages, LinkedIn gives you the ability to indicate your level of proficiency. Okay. And then lastly, recommendations. Okay. You need to be connected to people in order for them to write your recommendation. You can get recommendations from, you know, your current manager, past managers, uh, um, classmates, professors, etc. When you reach out for uh, and ask for a recommendation, be a little specific, meaning don't just say, Hey, Oscar, can you write me a recommendation? No, say, Hey, Oscar, you know, that project that we worked on uh, together, can you talk about my research skills? You know, like when you're in college, right? And you work on a group project. Sure. Have one of your classmates write your recommendation on your, on your research skills. Now, when someone writes your recommendation, you have three options. Number one, accept it as is. Number two, ask them for some changes. And number three, flat out reject the recommendation. So you have total control as to what goes on here. Okay. Any questions on the profile folks? Before I move on to the networking. No questions, Emily? No question. Oh, we have a hand up. Please unmute yourself if you have a question and go ahead and you can speak to Oscar. Hi, Oscar, how are you doing? Awesome, what's up, yes, Kurt? Um, I've been, um, well, I've, I've noticed before you even started, I've noticed that um, you've made, you've enlightened me on some public speaking, which I just took a class and I said, I see everything in my class that I see in you. <laughs> but one of the things I was thinking about as you um, were mentioning, um, bilingual is that you know if you can be more uh, show some more expression on how important I could because I feel like it's very important to to be bilingual now in this society because that's what you know the nation is all about and you know you get on your phone you hear this will now be in Spanish this is in Spanish and will be translated in English or vice versa and um, and I personally feel like I need to learn at least 
uh, a second language, maybe bilingual, trilingual, or quadlingual. You know, uh, but I think, you know, it's, it seems like um, how big of a plus do you consider that to be in the job world? Well, why, uh, Kirk? Uh, it, it depends on the industry. Okay, uh, generally speaking, I want to have that tool or that arrow in my quiver too. I just want to, and um, because to your point, right, more and more international, especially to folks, actually, right now, one of the things that I've noticed in, in, uh, in the work that I do, because uh, I interact with a lot of universities, a lot of corporations, internationally, I mean, um, and in what is happening is people, employees, we're not just competing with someone locally, we're actually now in some cases competing with people for jobs internationally. And so knowing another language is going to give you a leg up big time. Also, not just learning the language, Kirk, but also understanding the culture is very important as well. Because think about it, right? Like even here in, in the Bay Area and California, excuse me, there's Northern California, Southern California, right? Giants, Dodgers, like there were some people that are and then the Giants fans are like, ooh, boo, right? Like you, you, those nuances, unless you know the culture and the dynamics, so what that you speak English, okay? For me personally, Kirk, it actually has benefited me in my business tremendously because I, uh, they can hire, like in Latin America where I've done a lot of training, they can hire a translator, but th that translator doesn't know the cultural nuances that I do. Thank you for mentioning that culture that that uh, you just remind that is I think that's very, very important because during my studies, we um, were shown some major companies and major people to where they have advertised certain things. I say, for instance, for the sake of conversation, Coca-Cola. Yes. And let's say the word Coca-Cola may be offensive to some other type of culture. And right. so we really need to know what we're saying before we say it instead of just advertising a product. Yes, very much. Okay. So, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Kirk. Mm -hmm. um, and just one clarifying question, Oscar, we did have in the chat. Is the why statement the elevator pitch? Is it the same? No, 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 no. The, 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 the why statement is one piece of the elevator pitch because on the elevator pitch, you also have, you know, like the who are you? What do you do? And of course, the why. I just believe that the why statement is the foundation to the rest. Okay, it's the foundation. It's, yeah, you gotta put the, it's, it's it, it, the elevator pitch is the whole package, but the why statement is, again, the foundation. It's critical. Thank you. Yes. All right, folks, let's move on to networking. All right, ah, I hate this as an introvert, folks. Those of you that are introverts, I know you're like probably already like, you know, your hands are like, perspiring and sweaty, right? And you know, like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do, right? Okay, I'm gonna give you something to, to help you. I want you to, again, change the narrative because this is what I did. When I worked, especially in the tech, and I used to go to trade shows, conferences, and then afterwards, the company would have a mixer. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go talk to Kirk. I don't even know who Kirk is. Like, really? Like, ah. all right. You know, and then I had to like learn all the, 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 the features and benefits of the product. I mean, as an introvert, ah, my, my brain was just exposed like that emoji where the brain is just like, right? That's how I was. Then one day I'm like, wait a minute. Networking is just being a friend. Just being a friend. That's where it starts. I'm like, I'm a friendly person. I can be a friend, all right? I can reach out to Kirk. I'm like, 
forget talking business. Can we just like, hi, Kirk, I'm Oscar Garcia. Oh, hey, Oscar. Oh, hey, Kirk. You know, and you just kind of start that way, right? So I want you to think again as networking as being a friend. Now, also, you need to have a thick skin too as well because not everyone's going to reciprocate. Not everyone's going to want to be your friend. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's like most of you here on this on this webinar, I'm not going to hear from you. You're going to benefit, you know, from what I said, but I will never hear from you again. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. So, why is it important? Why is networking important? I'm going to this is I call it the opportunity circle, folks. Believe it or not, the smallest circle of opportunity is going to come from our close friends and family. Why? Because they know the good, the bad, and the ugly of Oscar Garcia. My brother knows all the 29 other times that I've gone to him with this amazing business idea, and then I don't do anything. Or my friends. The next larger group is the casual acquaintances. But the largest circle of opportunity is going to come from strangers. It's like Emily and I. We just, Emily, you know, just met whatever it was, a month ago, whatever it was, right? Like, look opportunity, but we need to learn how to connect with uh, uh, strangers, how to network. Now, sometimes people ask me, like, who do I connect with, with? And here's an example. I mean, obviously, people you work, whom you currently work with, classmates, people that are same occupation, same industry, same occupation, different industry, target companies, right, that you want to intern or you want to work for. And then also alumni. Yeah, Chabot College alumni, folks, go figure, right? Let me tell you something. One of the cool, I'm going to show you a quick example here, but LinkedIn has a feature where you go onto your school's LinkedIn page and you can do a search on alumni, okay, administrators, et cetera, and so forth. And let me show you really quickly what I mean by that. This is so cool. I love it, especially, again, for, for, as an introvert. But here we go. Okay, so you should see my screen uh, right now, okay? So here is Chabot College's uh, LinkedIn page. And if you scroll down just a little bit on the left side, you see the tab that says alumni, click on it and watch this folks. There are, first of all, over 25,000 alumni uh, from Chabot College. And you can do a quick Query, all right. So let's say that I want to work in the Bay Area. Okay. I don't want to go anywhere. I love the Bay Area. So I click on uh, San Francisco Bay Area. And then let's just say I want to work at, I don't know, I just saw Tesla here. Okay. So I'm going to click on Tesla. And next, uh, let's go. Um, let's add another. Okay. Just to narrow. Oops. Sorry. Go to next. So I want to work in finance. So look at this, folks. I went from 25,000 people, okay, to uh, three people that went to Chabot College, work at uh, Tesla, finance, and are in the San Francisco Bay Area. And if I scroll down, I'm going to see who these three people are right here. Juana, Alicia, and Harold. Okay. Now, with Juana here, the, the fact that it says number two, and with Alicia, it's showing me, obviously, because I'm logged in as myself, it's showing me that we have some mutual connections. So I have now, in terms of networking, I can either A, reach out to one of my 
four or nine connections and be like, hey, can you make an introduction to Alicia or Juana? Or Harold, let's say Harold is my homeboy that I want to connect to. We don't have any connections. I can reach out to him and be like, hey, Harold, uh, I see that you graduated from Chabot College. I'm currently a student there. We'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. The odds of Harold connecting are like almost 100%. It's like when people connect with me, Cal grads, you know, or Cal students connect with me, send me an invitation to connect. Almost, unless they're like super weirdos, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna accept their connections. Cause it's like, man, I, I know what you're going through, man. How are finals going, you know, all that type of stuff. So folks, follow your college's LinkedIn, not just on LinkedIn, but also on other social media platforms. And on LinkedIn, here's a way that you can connect. If anything, man, I would be like spending, you know, 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes a day, just doing a variety of searches and sending invitations to connect with people. My network would be like, bam, okay? So, okay, let me go back to presentation. All right. Okay, folks, now, I'm going to give you some tips here. When you connect with people, okay, um, follow the five P's of a connection request. The five P says, number one, be polite, pertinent, personalize it, a little message, okay, the, uh, why you're connecting with them. Be professional. Folks, especially for some of you younger folks, knock it off with the hey. Hey is not professional, contrary to the fact that a bunch of, you know, startups and propeller heads that's how they refer to. No, listen, I am not your friend, at least not yet. You can reach out to me. I'm okay if you say, hello, Oscar. If you wanna be more formal, hello, Mr. Garcia, that's fine. But until we did, I burn your trust and vice versa, knock it off with the hay. And then number five, be praiseful. Here's an example. So let's say you wanna connect with Andy Block, who's in the mortgage industry. Hi, Andy, I noticed that we both know John King. I really enjoyed your presentation regarding first-time home buyers. Thought it'd be nice to connect on LinkedIn. Simple, short, quit telling them your life story. It's not, you know, quit asking the person to marry you when you don't even know the first name. Here's another example. Giselle works uh, director of global real estate at Zendex. And you're like, hello, Giselle. I see that you graduated from Chabot College. I'm currently a student at Chabot. I'm interested in pursuing a career in commercial real estate. I would appreciate connecting on LinkedIn. Simple like that. Like, honestly, folks, as an introvert, I would rather connect with people this way than in person. Plus, I can connect with more people this way than trying to press the flight. You can't even do it right now anyways, okay? Here's another example, okay? Uh, my buddy, David. Okay, he's the vice president of global HR services at VMware. The dude is like the top dog. Okay. One day I was on LinkedIn at night, 11 o'clock at night, and I was just going through my feed and I saw that someone in my network commented or shared an article of his. I read the article and resonated with me. I looked him up on LinkedIn and I sent him this message. Hi, David, I just read your story. Inspiring. My parents were migrant workers. I can relate to your story. I welcome the opportunity to connect. Within five minutes, he accepted my invitation. Bam, now we're connected. Just like that, folks, okay? Sometimes people ask me, Oscar, who do you connect with? So I use three criteria. okay? Number one is, can I help you? Can I add value and vice versa? Number two, do we have any mutual connections? And if so, who are they? Like, 
you know, now that I've gone to know Emily, I mean, obviously Emily's not just going to connect with some knucklehead out there. Okay. So, you know, use that, her reputation, et cetera. No, like, okay, cool. And then lastly, where are you located geographically? Okay. Like, listen, I'm not planning to go to Antarctica and do a, a, a training over there. So sorry, Santa, I'm not going to connect with you. Okay. All right. Let's talk about sharing content. This is, remember, I was uh, talking about this here, but this is very important. So one of the questions that I sometimes get asked is, Oscar, what do I post on LinkedIn? You know, like what I just, or just in general, what do I post, you know, on social media to help with my professional brand, with career, et cetera, and so forth? I'm like, that's a great question. And then I go onto their social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm like, huh. Here we have Jeff on the left, you know, on Instagram showing his physical transformation, you know, to, you know, uh, the incredible Hulk, or we got Peter in the middle showing off his bling, or, you know, we got Sarah and Jane showing off, you know, the club that they went to not wearing masks, you know, whatever. I don't care if you wear a mask. That's not my point here, but it's like, folks, seriously, the question isn't that you don't know what to share. The question is, Oscar, what I'm sharing on social media is inappropriate. Can you help me? Yeah, that now we're talking. Okay. Now I got you here. So let me give you some tips here. Number one, follow what I call the rule of thirds. The rule of thirds says a third of what you share should be about your personal brand. For me, obviously LinkedIn training, career development, uh, social selling, professional branding, that's part of my brand. So therefore I share that type of content. I believe in taking care of the environment. I really do, honestly, but that's not part of my brand. So guess what? I don't comment or reshare stuff about Earth Day or anything like that, because that's, that's inconsistent with my brand. Number two, share stuff about the industry either that you're in or that you're looking to uh, go into. And then number three, share other people's content. You already do that on other social media platforms, right? Someone shares a funny cat meme, okay, on Facebook or Instagram. You're like, ah, you know, take a screenshot and we share it. Where do you find content? You can create some news alerts. You can create some uh, Google news alerts or their apps that you can use. I use a free app called Flipboard. I love that app. It's very well designed. I have some keywords in there. And every time there's an article that fits those keywords, those hashtags, I get to see it. Okay. And now I can have content to reshare. You can also share cross pollinate from other social media platforms from Instagram to LinkedIn, LinkedIn to Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, Twitter, whatever. Also speaking of hashtags, follow certain hashtags. You can do that on LinkedIn as well. just like you do it on Instagram. Every time someone posts something related with that hashtag that you're following, it's going to increase the chances that you will see it. And then lastly, create content yourself. Let me give you some examples here. On the upper left, it is a slide deck that I created a while back to help startups do community outreach when they are beta testing their product. When I took that screenshot, it had almost 10,000 views. Yeah, just my opinion. Infographics, there's one infographics that I created to help nonprofits use LinkedIn. People love them because they're colorful, simple. Or how about a picture? Obviously that's me speaking pre-COVID. I just added my quote and I shared it, all right? This is just some examples here. Also, 
Some of you are more into writing, okay? So you can write blogs, articles uh, on LinkedIn. This is the uh, very first article that I wrote on, on LinkedIn as well. So you can share uh, some, uh, some articles here. When you are sharing content, it's not just for the sake of sharing content. It is important that you create engagement, comments, likes, et cetera, and so forth. Now, folks, don't be boring, okay? This is an example of someone in my network that shared this picture. Like, what the heck does that do? Like the picture, like all I see is a red shovel, that's it. Like, and this person actually is in the insurance industry. Like, it's boring, okay? What are some examples of some things that you can do? You can share your experiences. I'm not connected to Blessing, but here's an example of Blessing. Uh, took a picture of herself right in front of LinkedIn, shared it on LinkedIn. And she's like, nine months ago, students were questioning my presence on LinkedIn. Now they're asking me for advice on how to get started, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. And she got a bunch of likes, uh, you know, and so forth uh, here. Um, give me one second here. Let me just, can I have a little short little video here that I wanna share? Okay. Um, Oops, sorry, folks. Uh, okay, so here, uh, here's another example. Brian, Brian, again, picture in front of Accenture. I think he got a job, internship or whatever, posted it. And he wrote a little story here. And he's like, part of what he said, he's like, my father grew up in the Adirondacks, working and living in a small restaurant with his family. He never graduated high school and has done hard physical labor his whole life to support us. My mother used to bounce checks to feed uh, my three brothers and I. When I read this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this this guy is like ratting out his mom for doing illegal stuff, you know, but it's part of his story, part of him being vulnerable, folks, all right? Here's another example, and I want to share a quick little video here that I made. Folks, let me ask you this. Has anyone ever picked on you? Have you ever been a victim of being bullied? I'm None pretty sure everybody has in their time at some point. Well, I, I know that's why I'm asking the question. You know, I don't know. The reason why I share this with, with you folks is because I, growing up, people used to make fun of me. Oscar, same Marine World, Maringuas. <laughs> gosh, Oscar, say it again, Maringuas. Oscar, learn how to speak English. Oh, okay. Hey, Oscar, where do you want to go to college? Uh, Berkeley. No, you don't have the grades or the SAT scores. Oh, okay. Hey, I got into Berkeley. Oh, yeah, must have been because of affirmative action. Oh, man. And throughout my life, I just kept getting pooped on, pooped on, and pooped on. And then I created this video and I shared it on LinkedIn. Yeah, that professional platform that most of you are afraid to get on. 
And some people were like, what? You told people on this professional platform that your mother was undocumented and English is your second language? Yeah, I did. Why would you do that, Oscar? Because it's my story. And if it bothers you, don't watch the video. Heck, if it really bothers you, unfollow me, whatever the heck LinkedIn calls you, because I don't care. I don't care. And see, folks, being vulnerable on one end of the spectrum, the younger generation, typically, you bear your entire soul. This is what I have for breakfast. This I broke up with my boyfriend, with my girlfriend, this and that. You know, you do your, you know, live Instagram videos as you're like, you know, um, jogging by yourself and, you know, giving life lessons, et cetera, and so forth. And then on the other end of the spectrum is my generation, those of us that are 40 and older. I still took a typewriter to college, right? We didn't go up with the internet and we're like totally closed off and sheltered. I remember my dad, my dad was an alcoholic. Hey, son, don't you ever tell anyone you know that, that I drink? Don't you ever tell anyone that I beat you? Okay, dad, I won't, right? Totally sheltered. There is a happy medium, folks, because either end of the spectrum, you can't tell that you are an onion. There's a happy medium where we can be vulnerable. And I also get it that it is a process. I'm not here to say just jump off the cliff, but some of you need to move from one end of the spectrum more to the middle here, folks. Because at the end of the day, one of the reasons why I've been able to connect with people, okay, it's not my fancy resume, it's not my work experience, is my ability to connect with the heart first. There are three simple things that we can do on social media. That's it, folks. You can either like a comment, uh, like a, a, a post, excuse me. You can comment or you can share a post. That's really what it comes down to. That's it. Okay, let's not complicate life here. All right, I'm going to leave you with this and then I'll open it up to some questions. Okay, it's a lot of information that I gave you, but I want to give you some guidance and some homework because you're in school here, right? Yes, homework. All right. And here it is. So what I want you to do, it's a weekly plan. I want you to spend just 10 minutes a day. Seriously, folks, just 10 minutes a day, you know, for a month. What I want you to do, and you can start it tomorrow. If you want to wait until Monday, that's fine. But what I want you to do is on Monday, I want you to reach out to three to five people. Don't ask them for anything. Just reconnect. All right. Just reconnect uh, with people. Why? Because it's about building and nourishing relationships. Most of us only reach out to people when we need something. Okay, that's not a good feeling. All right. Next, I want you to set up your news alerts. Like I said, whether it's Flipboard, whether it's, uh, you know, Google News Alerts or whatever it is that you want to use, set up your news alerts so you can start having content. Number three, start going onto the platform and either liking, commenting or sharing a post. I start with the least amount of effort. Liking something, folks, takes like two seconds. Just click. All right. As you get more comfortable, maybe you comment. What do I say, Oscar? How about, hey, Oscar, thanks for sharing this post. I really liked it. That's it. Start simple. Thursday, refine your why statement that we talked about. And then lastly, on Friday, start making some updates that I shared with you onto your profile. Some of you need to at least start opening an account. Okay. Just 10 minutes, folks. Time yourself. I don't care. If, I don't care. Listen, I don't care if you even set up a LinkedIn. The fact that you even just went to the URL and stared at it for 10 minutes, that's it. Good. Because eventually you will do these things here. Again, very simple, practical steps to get you focused to doing it. Okay.
Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com. Thank you.